you're listening to Soundwise Podcast, a show hosted by Alex in Serbia and Vlada in Poland. Each week we cover a different artist or band and engage in an open and spontaneous debate and discussion about specific parts of their discographies. Our goal is to expand our musical horizons and cover a great range of artists and styles. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash soundwisepod and social media at soundwisepod. Hello everyone, welcome to Sunrise Podcast. Hello Alexander, how are you doing today? Hi Vlada, I'm doing great. Hope you're doing great as well. Very happy to go back to Seattle and visit some of the uh, Seattle acts. You know, last time we, we, we kind of visited, virtually visited that city, was when we talked about Pearl Jam. Now we're going to talk about a rock band that's not a grunge act, but it's still kind of a part of that scene. And they're yes. called the Walkabouts. Very related. The Walkabouts were founded in Seattle in 1984. And the two principal members of the band were Carla Torgerson and Chris Ackman. And Ackman and his brothers came from more of a punk background, while Torgerson was more of a folky. And that tells you a lot about what their sound is all about, you know. Uh, this is a very dark Americana band, very unlike other bands from Seattle at the time. However, that did not stop them from being signed to Sub Pop Label, the label known for all those legendary grunge acts. But the Walkabouts had a story to tell, a story of their own. Uh, after that whole Sub Pop adventure, they went to Europe, and that's where they really got a lot of following, especially in countries like Greece, in the Balkans, in Serbia, Croatia, in Norway. And uh, through their 30 years or so of career, they released a lot of very consistent, excellent records. So it's quite a pleasure to be able to talk about this band today. Um, also, we have a rather pleasant surprise for you. Alongside this episode, you will also get an interview with none other but Chris Ackman. Yes, so guys... After releasing this episode, you will get the chance to hear an exclusive interview with Chris Sackman, so stay tuned and make sure you check it out, because we're going to cover a lot of different points regarding the walkabouts and music in general. Yes, so without any further ado, let's get down to the records. So first we're going to talk about a record that they actually released on Sub Pop, and it's Cavenger from 1990. So, Alexander, what is your impression of this record? Okay, um, pretty positive impression. Uh, this record was released in 1991, and as we all know, a lot of good music was produced in the early 90s. What I like about this album is that it features um, different influences. First of all, from based on the first let's say two or three tracks 
I can hear some post-punk influences. And as you guys know, I'm I'm a big fan of new wave and post-punk, so I definitely enjoy that that groove and that um, dark atmosphere that um, uh, is especially um, emphasized by uh, by Carla. You know, her her voice really fits that that style. But on the other hand, I can also hear some folk influences. You know, so a lot of worlds blend here, and I think the final output was fantastic. You know, really enjoyable. Uh, I think also the organ and the synthesizer, uh, both of those instruments were great additions. And you can hear that in the uh, second track called Stir the Ashes, which is absolutely my highlight, Vlada. You know. Yeah, and, and what do you think about the two main vocalists, Carla Torgerson and Chris Ackman? How do you like this blend of two voices uh, taking turns? Yeah, first I have to say, uh, although I, I'm not a big fan of Chris's vocals, I have to say that he really did a good job pairing with Carla, because post-punk draws obviously a lot of influence from punk music and that's why this combination turned out to be pretty successful you know yeah i really love the way they sound together i love the way they take turns i think carla is more dominant on this record however i really enjoy chris's vocals as well carla kind of sounds a bit like Lou harris in a way even though she has her own style. But both of them are really good at telling a story. Like, you get really immersed listening to them. And, I, of course, partly has to do with the lyrics themselves. The, really, uh, the lyrics here are very cryptic, very dark at times. I really love that feel. For example, in the song Hangman, they say, Hangman is your passenger which I found really interesting, that kind of lyricism where you're not quite sure what they're talking about, but you can get some ideas, some interpretations, and it never sounds cheesy or tacky. Uh, I love that kind of songwriting. Another thing that I really love about this record is that it reminds me of Paisley Underground bands like Dream Syndicate or Thin White Rope. It has that sort of country gothic sound to it uh the guitars are very much reminiscent of neil young and the crazy horse and that's another great thing another obvious influence i once saw chris live and he did a killer version of cortez the killer by neil young and he's really good at this kind of guitar style he really knows how to emulate it and add his own touch to it especially on songs like Stir the Ashes Down, which might be my favorite track here, even though there are so many great tunes. But that one is just so uh, energetic. You, you basically picture yourself in a club listening to this. It's so wonderful. In your face. Yeah, wonderful guitars. So really awesome. Uh, totally in your face, Alexander, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That riff is just so powerful it's a killer riff you know and th that's why i think that adding that synth sound really helped them um build that atmosphere you know and energy 
Yeah, I mean, the synths here are not so prominent. I think organ is more prominent, but then on the last track, I think there's a very great cameo by none other than Brian Eno. He plays on the last track, uh, Late Train to Mercy, a very long country ballad. I love the atmosphere that Eno adds to this tune, but it also kind of reminds me of Gene Clark. That's the feel I get. So this is such an interesting blend of influences, and yet this band, if you look back at that time, sounds pretty much like no one else, you know? I might be wrong about this, because I already compared it to some other acts from the 80s, but uh, I feel that in the early 90s, not many bands actually sounded like this, which probably didn't do any favors to this band commercially speaking, but artistically speaking, they were kind of awesome. What do you think? I totally agree. And it's very good that you mentioned Brian Eno. You know, he was one of the guests, one of the guests here, you know, guest appearances, um, along with Natalie Merchant. Yes, so, Natalie Merchant from... 10,000 Maniacs, another great singer. Absolutely. Yeah, so Vlada, uh, I think that we have covered everything about this album. So, yeah, before we go to the ratings and, and, um, and our favorite songs, I would like to ask you about the album cover here. You know, to me, it really looks like a debut. It looks like an, uh, a debut album by a punk band. Uh, to be fair, I really like their later album covers. These early ones are okay, but there's always something lacking. They kind of look... Uh, I don't know. Too simple. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, maybe just the sign of the times, whatever was popular back then. But I really love the the covers they had later on. So. Yeah. But it's all right, I guess. I didn't really pay much attention to it, to be honest. I was just taken. Uh, I was just taken by the music. You know, the music itself is really great and definitely worth your time. So, well, maybe let's get down to the ratings. I would give yes. this one an eight. Again, an excellent record, very consistent throughout. I love the chemistry between Carla and Chris, also the other band members, uh, especially the keyboards. I love the way they add texture to this. So, yeah, uh, Stir the Ashes Down, my favorite track for now. But who knows, it might be another one next week or so. How about you? What do you say? Yeah, could be. Uh, totally the same, Vlada. 8 out of 10, and the favorite track is, uh, without any doubt, um, Stir the Ashes, the second track. Alright, so now we're going to skip a few years, because this band has such a rich catalog. So it was actually very difficult for me to choose the records to talk about, but I decided to choose records from different eras. So we're going to skip a few years. And go straight to 1997. And the year when I was born. Oh wow. Okay. I, I was already already a young almost a, a young a man young adult. at that time. Yeah, well, I was only 13. Okay, but nevertheless, 
1997 Night Town, a very interesting record. Alexander, before I start my rant about this record, I want to ask you, what did you think about this one? What did you think about the change in the band's sound compared to these early records? Yeah, the change is obvious. You know, it's it's a it's a departure. It's a different sound, a different atmosphere, a different album cover. Um, totally, you know, a different approach with some elements from the from the early work. Okay, um, I have to say that I enjoyed um, Scavenger a bit more, maybe because it was. Uh, more of a testament to the 80s and post-punk and some uh, sounds that that are that I'm more familiar with. But this this was also a nice listen. I was especially pleased with the first three to four tracks, though I have to say that the rest of the album is also worth listening to. Of course, I didn't listen to these bonus tracks, these demo versions. Um, but I think that these main original versions are enough, you know, to get the impression. Uh, Follow Me and Angel was was a great track, um, especially um, when it comes to the singing. And I also think that the lyrics are kind of different, you know, that they are this time, let's say, a bit more understandable. You know, there's a different approach when it comes to writing songs here about it. Oh, I agree about that. I think that they kind of grew as lyricists, even though I really enjoyed the lyrics on Scavenger as well. But here, um, here I absolutely adore the lyrics. They kind of remind you of Leonard Cohen, to be honest. They have that kind of uh, atmosphere of uh, the spirit of a vagabond, so to say, somebody who is an outlaw who is out there, who has nothing left to lose. I love that whole idea that the protagonists of these songs have nothing left to lose, so they're willing to do anything. And also the love songs here are so atypical. They they are not mired in cliches. On the contrary, they have... They seem to ad- address the real problems of a relationship. You know, they... They do not repeat corny cliches, corny ideas, but they go straight to the essence of what makes a good relationship or a bad relationship. Um, and I really, really enjoyed these lyrics. But then what's really fascinating to me about this record are the arrangements themselves. So strings are very dominant here. A lot of strings, and the way they are used, and, and this is the thing about music, about rock and pop music in general, the usage of strings is such a huge risk because you might end up with a very, very cheesy sounding record. But then when it's done expertly, you get almost uh, an ethereal experience, you know. Uh, especially on records by Scott Walker or, I don't know, Beach Boys, Pat Sounds, that kind of stuff. Uh, Scott Walker, speaking of him, was even referenced here on one of the tracks. I think it was Tremble Goes the Night. Maybe my favorite track here. 
I say maybe uh, my favorite in a very tentative kind of way because this record is just stacked with great tracks. I think it's... Uh, if it was, let's say, released by Nick Cave and The Bad Seeds, people would say it's a masterpiece and so on. But given that it's by The Walkabouts, I think it's only a few people here and there who really have the right kind of appreciation for it. And I think that's a shame because this record absolutely blows my mind. So, Alexander, well, what do you think about do, that? Do you think, you know, that's what I'm really curious about. Um, do you kind of know or can you, um, can you guess why they weren't so big like, let's say, Nick Cave? What I think is that they came up at the time when their kind of brand of music wasn't so prominent you know and i think it's a kind of music that's not necessarily commercially appealing enough like with nick cave he had this whole imagery and deep voice and and even he wasn't so extremely popular back in the early days like he is right now like right now he plays sports arenas he can fill out a twenty thousand people venue but back in the, let's say, in the early 90s, he played, you know, venues like Sakatsa uh, in Belgrade. So compare that. Now when he comes to Belgrade, uh, we're from Serbia, so that's our reference here. Now when Nick Cave comes to Belgrade, he plays the sports arena with a capacity of 20,000 people, and it's full. But the first time he came, he played... A very small, nice student venue. So with the walkabouts, they never reached that level because I think they never compromised. You know, that's what I really like about this band. That they obviously knew how to write a great catchy hook. Some of their songs really prove that. Like here, for example, uh, Tremble Goes the Night has a super catchy chorus. Same goes for... Um, uh, Follow Me, me an, an Angel, angel. yeah, because yeah. I also love the way that song starts, it's a great start of the record, it kind of reminds me of Steely Dan, just the way it's so like dark and, and groovy, almost funky in a way, and, and, but it's still a ballad, very atmospheric, so this record also has a very unifying sound, when you hear the songs, you know they're from Night Town, and, uh, and that's a risk sometimes, but... Mind you, some of the best records like Pet Sounds, for example, or uh, uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, stuff like that, they had a very unifying sound, you know? So that, in, in this case, it's a strength rather than weakness. So I, I definitely think that uh, this record deserves much more credit, deserves much more acclaim. I absolutely adore it. Uh, I love the songs near the end as well. There are a few tracks now. I, I forgot their names for a second, but it's Slow Red Dawn, which is sung by Chris, and just so beautiful, and Forever Gone, too. These songs, to me, uh, exemplify the best by this band. Uh, again, this atmosphere of nothing left to lose, of sorrow and melancholy 
at the same time you can feel that there's a lot of strength uh, in the protagonist's voice, that they do not give up on life necessarily, but that they're kind of lost in a way. That, that's the overall impression I got from the lyrics and from, uh, from the overall sound of this record. Now I might be a bit wrong, I, I don't exactly know what was in Chris's mind, but I absolutely adore these nocturnal sounds. That's, I think, the best, the best description for this album. A very nocturnal record. Sad, mel yeah, melancholy, lots of longing, lots of yearning. I love that. W what do you think? I think that I think that the album cover and also the name of the album suggests that you know. So. Let's now go to the ratings and our favorite songs. And I'll, Vlad, I guess this will be tough for you, so I'm gonna go first. Um, my rating for this album is seven, uh, 7 out of 10. And my favorite track is the opening track, Follow Me an Angel. Uh, yeah, so difficult for me to choose my favorite track here. Uh, Tremble Goes the Night has always been my favorite in a, in a sense because I used to listen to that song more than other songs, mainly because of its chorus that I just find irresistible, kind of tantalizing. I just love that whole atmosphere. I love um, this uh, lyric, I'm not going home till the band plays Superstar. I like the way the, the, whole, the whole setting, the bar the band playing Superstar. Uh, like that song is kind of, there's some kind of pathos to that song. You know, there's some kind of uh, sentiment of uh, complete uh, heartbreak. Yes, complete heartbreak. And I think that's what, uh, what Chris was going for in this song too. So I love that one, as I already mentioned. I love some of the tracks near the end as well, like Forever Gone, uh, Slow Red Dawn, Heartless, sung by Clara, is a fantastic ballad. Very, again, th this is a good example of what I was talking about, that their love songs here really defy cliches. So yeah, let's put it that way. I don't, I don't really want to choose a favorite, but if I had to, I think it would be uh, Tremble Goes the Night. And, well, this was probably one of the longest waits for, um, <laughs> for, uh, for, for a favorite track. So what's your Well, you'll just have button? to edit it out. I'm sorry. You'll just have to edit it. If, if you can't stand my ramblings, well, just edit it out. I'm sure our listeners won't mind it so much, or perhaps they will be a bit disappointed. <laughs> oh, we'll see about that. We'll see about it. So what's your rating, Vlada? Uh, rating, okay, so now I'm going to say something that might shock some people, but I think this is a clear 9 out of 10, if not 9.5. I think this is a record that everybody who loves this type of rock music, more artsy, more based uh, on Scott Walker, on Leonard Cohen, should listen to. Just give it a try. Give it a chance. Definitely. 9 out of 10. A classic for oh, me. Oh, I expected uh, an 11 out of 10, to be honest. based on 12 your... out of 10. Sorry. <laughs> Changed my mind. 12 out of 10. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Right. So, moving on to the next release. Uh, well, it wasn't a follow-up, but it is in our schedule, so to say. And this time we're doing a, a, a live album called Berlin. So, Vlada. All right, did Berlin. Did you notice any difference? Was this better or worse? Okay, I, I have to say I deliberately chose this record. I was thinking about maybe choosing another record from their golden years, like mid-90s or something like that. But then I was thinking this record is a great representation of the band, a great overview of their career. So maybe if you really want to, if you want a good starting point for this band, you may want to get this record. And it's a live album. And again, that means a lot to me because I remember seeing the walkabouts in my early 20s when I was a student in Belgrade. And it was one of my first major gigs that I went to. It was absolutely great. At that time, I didn't really know their material much. So that's what got me interested in the band in the first place. I love the whole dynamic between Chris and Carla. And they look like a family on the stage. And I really feel this band has a special kind of chemistry. And this record perfectly captures that. Uh, as for the highlights here, that's also tough. Just like with the previous one. I mean, so many you good tracks. You have a lot of tracks. You have a lot of tracks that are different, you know. Yeah, because they're from different stages of their career. Um, what I would single out is the ballad Border Town, which I think is one of Carla's best ballads. Uh, I love the Wild Wild West feel, you know, uh, even though I think the, the song is set in more modern times, but there is some kind of Western outlaw feel here. Uh, that I found in some other tunes as well, uh, especially on their later record. The, the last record, Travels in the Dustland, that one had a lot of that kind of Old West imagery as well. Uh, then you have songs like Acetylene that really reminds me of, of the Bad Seeds live, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. It has that kind of energy. You know, it... it it constantly feels like the song is about to explode. As if the band's walking on a very, very thin edge. That's how it feels. Um, the guitar solos, the jams. There are some extended jams here, especially near the end. They even put in State Trooper by Bruce Springsteen in one of the songs. In this extended jam. And I love the way Chris did th this song. Chris, I think, has a lot of respect for Bruce Springsteen and his uh, songwriting. And he pulled this off magnificently. And uh, also Chris's solo record, Harney County, recalls Bruce's best folky days. You know, Nebraska, the ghost of Tom Joad. So that's another parallel that I would like to make in terms of influences. A wonderful, wonderful jam. Uh, near the end. So yeah, very consistent, excellent live record, a great overview of their career. Alexander, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I think that this was a good listen, not a great. I have some points that I would like to highlight here. 
first of all, I like the atmosphere. Obviously, it's a live album, but listening to this album, I kind of felt that energy and I kind of imagined myself being in a club and listening to to uh, to them, you know. And what I kind of think of when I listen to this stuff is a small club, a small venue, like up to 100 people. Yeah, I think you know? the, the walkabouts are a small venue band and I, I'm saying that as a compliment because their music is so intimate you need to feel it you need to be close to it uh, I don't think something like this could work in, in a stadium setting and and generally speaking I have to say as someone who's been to a lot of shows I honestly think that rock music shouldn't be played in very big venues I think it's wrong I think that you lose that connection with the artist Sometimes it even feels more detached than listening to a CD at home, especially at stadiums. There are very few acts that can pull off a great stadium show. You know, the likes of Bruce Springsteen come to mind or uh, the Rolling Stones. But even with these artists, you can only imagine how much better it is to see them in a more intimate setting. And those who saw them in a more intimate setting know, know what I'm talking about, right? So Totally. Yeah, I think the walkabouts, um, I have very fond memories of seeing them live. I also saw Chris live, and uh, these guys just know how to rock a club, you know, and they know how to establish a connection with their audience. Yes, especially when Chris and Carla sing together. Um I like the opening track, which was bluesy, and it also had a bass line that reminded me of Riders on, on, Riders on the Storm, you know, from, from the Doors, you know, it, it has a similar bass line, which immediately uh, gives, gives me, you know, positive memories and emotions, but overall, um, I think it was, an, it was an okay listen, to be fair, I wasn't really blown away by it. All right, um, I really enjoy this record. I, for me, I think it's a perfect example of how good this band was. Uh, it's a bit of a shame that they broke up, but um, Chris told us a few interesting things about that, so you may want to check that out in his interview, as well as other amazing stories from his career. Uh, so, dear listeners, pay attention to that. I think uh, this might be one of our best interviews, even though it's our second interview. But once we get rolling with more interviews, I'm pretty sure this one will stay one of the best, just going by all the details that Chris gave us. Absolutely. And you might also find some of your favorite musicians um, being a guest on our show. Right, Vlada. So, would you like to do favorite tracks and, and ratings now? Uh, yeah, so my favorite track here is Border Town. Generally one of my favorite walkabout songs. Whether it's a studio version or this live version. As for the rating, I, I'd say 8.5. A great overview of the band's career. Kind of puts everything in perspective. The band sounds very mature very experienced you can tell that they they have decades of touring under their belt 
So yeah, 8.5, an excellent introduction to the band if you haven't heard them before. Okay, fair enough. My rating is 6.5. My standout track is Rainmaker Blues. And dear listeners, if you're a fan of The Doors, please let me know if the bass line on this track also reminds you of Riders on the Storm. Alright, so Vlada, you're obviously a bigger fan of the walkabouts than me, so I will let you now give your final word about this band. Well, my my opinion is that the Walkabouts is a band, while they do have a certain following and they are relatively well known in certain circles, I think that they deserve more accolades overall. Especially Chris and Carla as songwriters, but also other members of the band like Glenn Slater on the keyboards. These are all wonderful musicians, uh, Terry Muller. Uh, great, great musicians that deserve more credit. But unfortunately, we live in such times where if you want to retain your artistic integrity, you may not have such widespread popularity, for better or worse. However, I think our listeners should give the Walkabouts a chance if they haven't heard them before. And even though this band is retired now, there's a lot of great music coming from their respective members, especially Chris, who is constantly active, constantly doing new things. So check that out. I think The Walkabouts is one of those bands. For those of us who kind of discovered them by seeing them live and then followed the band through the career, uh, listened to different records, is a very special band. A very special band because... It sort of belongs to us. It's it's a people's band. At the same time, it's it's a band that is not afraid to to be a bit more, uh, let's say, pensive and introspective, metaphysical, even definitely an act that coming from Seattle, in my mind, is just as good as those big grunge bands. Okay, Vlada. Huge words from a huge fan. Okay, so everybody that's listening to this episode, thanks a lot for tuning in. If you like our show, if you if you would like to see and hear more content, and um, if you can, if you would also like to see some of your favorite acts on our show, feel free to become a patron. You can support us for as little as one dollar per month. That's where we're starting. So. Please go check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash soundrisepod. The same handle applies applies uh, to our social media accounts. At soundrisepod, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now we are um, giving the microphone to our friends at Day. Till the next week, until the next episode, and maybe the next interview... Stay safe and all the best. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, Podcast Review Day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. 
And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Podrev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month, of every year, of every century, of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Podrev Day, Podcast Review Day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Podrev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Podrev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y.